You're listening to the Hackett Racket with Michael Hackett. Boom! This is Puppy Doom in the motherfucking room. What is happening? How are you doing today? On day 5,599, 5,000 fucking million billion lockdown motherfucking shite bullshit. Sick of this motherfucking cunt. Fuck, what the fuck, what the fuck, fuck, fucking shit the shit. My God, this is now... It's like, have you seen that scene out of Casino where they put your head in a vice and just keep turning it tighter on the Irish guy? It's like, and his eyes start popping out. That's what this lockdown feels like. It's just fucking the grind of El Grind of El Grind. I don't know why I'm speaking half Mexican. El Grindo! Quiero tocar Santiago Grindo! But come on, it's fucking bad. Boris Johnson made his new announcement. Hello, public. You've done a great job. Here is a clear message. What's the message, Boris? Go outside, but also stay in. Get on the bus, but don't travel on the bus. Keep alert. That was, that was the biggest change. Keep alert. It's just like, I'm looking out. Everyone's now vigilant looking. Can you see the virus? Can you see the fucking virus? What kind of shitty thing is that? Oh, yes, but you now have unlimited exercise. Like, that's the big problem in the UK. All of us putting on fucking weight in this lockdown and they're like yeah now you can exercise as much as you want oh that's what's been stopping me well now you said that i'm gonna do a fucking marathon <laughs> tell you man i don't blame donald trump for telling everyone to inject bleach you just think yeah fuck it donald why not give me that the best us and a syringe here we go boom i'm fucking out of here and to be fair, right, compared to Boris Johnson's, fucking Donny's message is way better, man. It's clearer. He's like, look, fuck exercise, inject bleach. <laughs> Plus he's got wider benefits to mankind. Don't forget those, man. Like, let's be honest, does get rid of the stupid, doesn't it? Fucking hell. Oh, Donny, man, never miss the trick. He's like, well, if this virus is ripping through our country, getting rid of the weak, man, might as get rid of the fucking, get rid of the dumb asses. Jesus, man, fucking Boris. Oh, oh, you must, you must be fucking sticking with it. The next course, phase 15, is going to be in 2025, and uh, we may allow you to shake hands. Shake hands. I'll tell you, if this is still going on in summertime, I'm going to be like, sack this. I'm going to get double corona. I'll have a double corona with a flake on top, please. <laughs> oh, God. I hope they find some super fruit, like food. Some super fruit that's just going to save us from this coronavirus. Go, did you know if you eat pumpkins five times a day, it stops it? You know? Like, don't they do that with gin and fucking, what's it called, malaria? If you're out in the field, out in the rainforest, we're in rainforest! Fucking monkeys jumping everywhere, bats fl- like flying near you. Don't eat that bat, lad. And you have loads of gin, apparently that protects you from getting malaria. Like, so imagine, imagine if they just find out that you have to eat something that's just annoying as fuck, like quinoa or quinoa or fucking something else that begins with key. Fucking bunch of house keys because you've locked yourself in and that's all you've got left to stare at. <laughs> fucking in this goddamn lockdown. Fucking sick of this shit, man. Jesus. You ever wonder what businesses get affected as well? Like, do people buy loads of locks? I see the locksmiths have opened up. And you're like, why do you need a locksmith so much, man? If you just sat in the house all day, motherfucking long. God, New Zealand, they're apparently going to, like, lock down for a year and a half. They're just going to go sack it, man. We're going to contain our entire country. No one goes in. No one goes out. And you're like, what? Like, I've been there, man. I've done that 17-hour flight from New Zealand to Dubai. Fucking killer. The first 11 hours you can deal with. 
After that, you're just like, man, I want to I wanna start causing some terrorist shit. I want to get up on this plane and go, make this plane go faster. Make this motherfucking plane go faster. 17 fucking hours. There is no way when they do that flight, what is it, from London to Perth, direct 21 hours or something. Sack that, man. I'd rather stop over somewhere. Stop over in Hong Kong. I've been to Hong Kong, man. They got, they got a ferry that goes between Hong Kong Harbour and Macau, which is like owned by China. And it's basically their version of Vegas, man. And fuck me, you get on this ferry and it's 200 seaters. 200 seater ferry, right? It looks like a fairly normal ferry, except it's got its hydrofoil sticking out the side. And when that thing gets going, man, do you know how fast it goes? Fucking 75 miles an hour. It's got twin jet turbine engines powering the propellers. And there's a bypass from Hong Kong that goes right near it. And you're overtaking the cars on a fucking bypass in a massive ferry. And you're like, oh my God, this just shows how much the Chinese, the Asians fucking love to gamble. And I was there with my bird, right? My wife, and we're walking down the high street in like this shopping mall. And there's these mega fit birds, like just walking arm in arm. And they're walking past you in the shops and they're smiling at you and shit. And you're smiling back going, fucking hell, this is amazing. And just like in Dubai, same experience. Turns out they're all goddamn hookers. I'm like, fuck. So imagine that, imagine that shopping mall. I know you ladies don't get as much eye candy as guys do, right? But, you know, you just go in there for a little shop and there's always these fit birds just going, hey, you... I think the way you're supposed to tap them is you're supposed to like have a shopping bag and walk near them and kind of match the same speed as them. And they just go, oh, you're my boyfriend. Come on, let's go. And the place we stay, <laughs> we stay in this hotel room. And it's the weirdest thing. You know when you steal shit from a hotel like soap? Right? Well, this place, they must have that all the time. So they said at checking, anything in the room of yours, anything you want out of the room is yours. You can keep it and take home. And you're like, what? And you start thinking weird shit, not just the soap. You're like, what about the curtains? Can we just fucking rip them off? Can we just trash this fucking place? My God. I've been in one of them situations where you and your friends get so drunk, you smash up a fucking hotel room, man. Jesus, one of my mates threw an old TV at the wall and then did a roly-poly into it and put a big fuck-off dent in the wall. And I thought, I don't want him to lose his caution money. So the next morning, I went down to Spa. This was in Milton Keynes, right? There's not many shops around there. I went down to the Spa, and I thought, what can I buy as polyfiller on a Sunday that's the equivalent of polyfiller to patch up this dent in the wall? So what I bought was icing sugar and water, and <laughs> I fucking mixed it up. Used my credit card to try and flatten it on the wall like polyfiller. And it was so fucking obvious what I'd done because it was white and the walls were painted fucking pink. And I was like, bastard, I should have got some food dye, tried to match the colour right. You know what I mean? Anyway, he got charged 180 quid. He had to buy him a new flat screen TV because it was an old one and he updated it to a flat screen one and apologised and we got away with it. But the key message I'm trying to tell you kids is if you ever get pissed at a party, don't throw a TV at the fucking wall. <laughs> fucking Macau. God, we went there, right? To this corner, like quiet place, like a fish market area, to this restaurant. My wife's got a cousin who lives out there and he runs a restaurant there. And we're walking up trying to find this address. And we're all buzzing, thinking, oh, we're going to have a great fish, man. But fuck me, they murdered those fish right in front of you, man. They don't give a shit. Walked past this tank and this guy just pulled out, like, it must have been like a two-foot fish. I don't know what it was. And uh, just pulled out an axe and went, fuck off, right on its head. And then he's like, oh, yeah, go on, welcome to the restaurant. And you just can't help but feel a little bit bad. It's like if they got a cow and you go into a beef burger place like Mackey's. 
And then Mr. McDonald, Ronald McDonald, dressed in his fucking clown outfit, is just in the back garden with a big massive knife just stabbing the shit out of a cow. You want a Big Mac, fella? Just don't be, don't worry about it. I've just got to cut this guy's fucking head off. And he's fucking there stabbing it and shit. I tell you, you wouldn't want a Big Mac then, man. You'd be like, you got any of them vegan burgers? You got any of them vegan fucking things? I sit it in the supermarket, man. Vegan sausages now. Vegan fucking, what is it? Vegan mincemeat. How would you get a plant to look like a fucking mincemeat? You must have to do some twisted shit. That honeybee that, like, what's it called? Germinates all the flowers. You must have to go, listen, bee, you need to go deeper. You need to go deeper into that flower. You need to get right down to that stem and whatever they, <laughs> they call it. Make this flower so fucking pregnant that it ends up looking like mincemeat. That's what they must do, right? Either that or to get it red colour, just get the same food dye I needed to patch up that wall. Fucking sprinkle that shit on, man. Sprinkle that shit on, grind these flowers, make it look like mincemeat. I mean, fucking hell. Imagine that. Imagine 50 years ago telling these VED, VED, the VED Vaud veterans, hey man, people aren't going to like mincemeat. What? It's a staple fucking diet. No, no, man, they don't like that shit. But what they do like is to make plants look like that shit (laughs) so they can feel it. (laughs) I wonder what else they're going to change. Just take the fucking essence out of it. Like making love. What do you reckon they'll do? Look, we've got we've got a rubber cock here. Oh, they already do that. Yep, they already do that with a big fucking strapping dildo. My God, what are we going to fucking do when this thing goes? When this thing's over, man, I'm panicking that the stand-up's not going to be allowed for ages. Or if it is, it's going to be shite. The best thing about stand-up is people are sat close together, man. Because if someone laughs next to you, you just start laughing. Even if you've not heard the joke properly. But if they're doing this two metre apart stuff, fucking hell, man. It's just going to be soulless as shit. Hello, what about aeroplane food? <laughs> and they're all like, oh, this is wank. <laughs> Fucking lockdown, man. You know, I'll tell you one thing that's not on lockdown. The prices of food in the supermarket. Holy shit. I was in Waitrose yesterday. Guess how much I spent, right, just to feed me, my wife, and my kid for three days. 172 quid. <laughs> I was like, Fuck. <laughs> You know when you put it on the bags, all the expensive shit, and you think I can't be asked reaching back in and going, can you actually lift that off the bill? I don't want that anymore. I don't want 15 crunch corners that I know by the time I get home, I'm going to rip through them all before I even put the rest of the food in the fucking cupboards. That's what I do with them crunch corners, man. I've got fucking my best routine ever. Lift up the lid, lick the lid, then like put my tongue into the crunchy bit, take a few dry ones and then fold it into the yogurt and then mm, just do that with the metal teaspoon. Fucking love those crunchy corners. My God, Aldi do a snide version of them, you know, and they're cheaper and like they irritate me how accurately identical they are, except you get more yogurt. I don't know why it is. I should just get a fuckload of Aldi ones, but like, I'm like, hmm, so much wrong here, man. They can't be as good as the Muller ones. They can't be as fucking good. (laughs) Scoots though, man, I've told you before. Scoot, fucking chocolate covered peanuts in Aldi. Boom, fucking amazing. God, my hometown where I'm from, right, they had the first Aldi there and they had this big fucking sign up that said A and apparently the council made and reduced the sign of it because it was distracting the cars. And you're like, how slow are people at reading one letter to be distracted? <laughs> you know, just cruising down the bypass. Is that an A or a B? It's a fucking A, dude. And once you've seen it once, you're never going to have to waste your time reading it ever again. You'll just know, oh yeah, that's, that's Aldi. There it is. That's the fucking shop. Yeah, that's the shop where everything is just chaos, like TK Maxx 
We got last year's clothes in all bunched up with this year's clothes. Everything's fucked up. A pair of jeans next to a jumper and a t-shirt and a pair of knickers with one shoe that's size 14. You want to go in there? Fucking two, right? Give me that shit. LTK on Maxio, man. Best place to go if you're about to go on holiday, man. Just get a shitload of t-shirts. All that jazz. Won't matter now, though, because we're on motherfucking lockdown. God, I bet everyone starts going to Cornwall again, don't they? Let's go to Cornwall with that freezing cold sea. It's so arduous, the British holiday, isn't it? You know, like bank holiday weekends, you remember that? Going camping for the weekend in somewhere like Wales, and you're like, let's go! And it's like 12 hours in a traffic jam, all stuffed in a fucking car, right? You get there to some campsite you've never seen in your life, then you have to start pitching up a tent. You're muddy as shit, the tent's not even flat, because it's on, <laughs> on the side of a hill, because you were the last at the campsite. You're then boiling hot in the fucking day, because it just magnifies the heat. You're freezing cold at night, you go to the sea, you have to walk on loads of pebbles and stab yourself. Ow, 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 ow! finally get in the sea, you freeze your ass off, you come out at the moment you've got hypothermia, because that's the only time you leave the fucking sea, innit? You go, we've not had our money's worth until we've got hypothermia. That is the British holiday summed up to shit. Come back out, buy an ice cream, think, God, that was expensive. I could have got that way cheaper in fucking Aldi with another yogurt. Go back to the campsite thinking, this is going to be good. Have raw food. Give yourself food poisoning. And then you get back in the car, which is now full of sand. And then you've got to vac it when you get home. And you think, God, I need another holiday just to get over this fucking holiday. And boom, I'm back at work. But you know what? Given this fucking lockdown, which is like an eternal holiday, like it feels like when you've finished a holiday and you're at the airport and you're just waiting to go home. That's what this feels like, except it's 15 fucking months long. Yeah. Jesus Christ, given all that shit, man, I would beg to go on one of those Wales holidays, man. One of those long-ass drives, just overheating, going to the service station and just go, like having your parents go, you can't get any of that shit, it's well expensive. And you're like, come on, Dad, I want to buy a Mars bar. No, no, no. Get it cheaper in Aldi. It's not called a Mars bar, it's called something like a star bar or <laughs> something wank, and the chocolate just doesn't taste quite right. Fucking hell. I used to love chocolate in New Zealand and shit, right? And places like that. I've been to Bali and stuff. Did it on a student overdraft. Biggest thing over there, M&Ms, man, they fit. But chocolate, they have to inject that stuff with with something that makes it heat resistant so it doesn't melt. And that's why it tastes different over there. Because you can just lay a chocolate bar in the sun and it's like, yeah, whatever, man. I've got a factor 50 on it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> they sell over there. They sell in Australia. Factor Fucking 75, I swear you put that shit on, it's like tinfoil. It's like you're putting on tinfoil cream. You're like, why is my skin all silver and reflecting? Other people get sunburned off your sun cream reflecting that shit back on them. That's how fucking strong it is, man. And they got sharks over there in the sea. Fucking hell, I went on a tour to like, um, what's it called? White Sunday Islands or something near Brisbane. I mean, they, they, what, oh, it's called, I know what it's called, fucking Foster Island or Forest Island, I don't give a shit. Anyway, one of them islands, right? Fucking kangaroos. You watch out for the droppers, mate. You want to watch out for those droppers? Is that a good accent? I don't know. We went on this cliff edge and the guy's showing us the stuff and he says, oh yeah, man, there's all the sharks. They come in. These are proper great white sharks. They come in to bask. I don't know what bask means. Like just going, look at me in the sunshine, getting me flippers all brown. I don't know what basking means, right? But they're all shagging the sharks and doing some crazy shit to breed Right? And you look to the left from this cliff edge and there's a beach and people that know full well they are literally 50 metres from basking sharks getting all fucking aggressive and making each other pregnant. 
They're swimming in the sea, no nets, no protection, just the hope that the basking shark's going, oh yeah, look at those humans over there just having fun. Let's just leave them and search for food without them. Fuck, I'm like, are you crazy? They lost their fucking prime minister in the sea. Just went for a swim, bang, let's just go for a swim. Security guards are stood on the beach, the dude drowned. And you'd be like, mate, you, you did well good there, protecting them from terrorists, whilst the guy was waving back at you 50 yards into the water, going, fucking help, oh yeah, we're waving, he's having a good time. Drowning away. Imagine losing your president or prime minister just going for a, a swim in the sea. You'd be like, you fucking dickhead. I had my gun on me, no one got shot. Jesus, man, this is... Michael, where is this podcast going again, Michael? You seem to be taking us on these wild journeys that lead to bloody nowhere. I know, I know. I was reading Elon Musk's book, man. Fucking loving that guy, man. What a ledge. He asked this question in his interview. He says, if you are somewhere on the earth and you go one mile south, one mile west, and then one mile north, you're in exactly the same place where you started. Where are you? And I was thinking about it, man. And the answer is the North Pole. Right? But then he goes, where else can you be? And here's the second place. And all my mates were taking the piss out of me for this, but I reckon I'm right. Right? The second place you can be, where that is exactly the same, is where the circumference on the South Pole is two miles. Because then if you go south, that makes it one mile. Right? Or whatever it is where you walk down to the circumference being one mile. So imagine you go two miles north of the South Pole, you walk one mile south, you're on the one mile ring, whatever. You then go west by one mile, which brings you straight back to the same place, and then you go back north to where you started. Fucking boom! See what I mean? Fucking love all that crazy shit. If you're in a building with no windows, who'd you get out the window? Well, it turns out there's a hatch in the roof. I don't know, man. Those crazy kind of questions. Fucking hell. That's the kind of shit that people are doing now. Let's have a quiz. Let's have a motherfucking quiz. Anyway, I have talked so much in this podcast and I've got so many real stories to tell you about crazy fucking shit let's get to this chapter this is the final chapter of series one because the book now gets even fucking better because the next bunch of characters that you're going to be introduced to man are fucking crazy but first let's get to this one so just as a little recap, if you remember where I was last time, man, I'm like getting pushed out and about to be sacked from the place I'm working at with Clive. Clive the bastard! Right? And Miss Shah from the primary care trust, she gives me a little tip. She says, oh, you want to phone this guy? He's a dentist. He's a bit strange. He's not like other dentists, right? I didn't take much of that on board, which I, I realised when I speak to him, I should have done. And she goes, he's selling his practice and these Israelis want to buy it, but we recommend you should buy it. So just give him a call. Now, I didn't have a fucking clue about buying a dental practice or what's involved with that, man. It's quite a scary thing to try and do, but I was just going, oh, fuck it, man. I'm going to call this dude, see what happens, right? So now I'm about to make the call. So here we go. Chapter 13, Jack. Ring, 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 ring. <laughs> That's my impression of a mobile. Let me just tell you like the other ones what, what happened. So I call this number up, right? And no one answers for fucking ages. And I, I'm starting to question, like, is that an eight or a six on that green paper towel? Have I got the right number? Anyway, after ages of this mobile ringing, suddenly, click, someone answers. But no one says anything. So I'm just like, hello, hello. I might as well have been Adele. Hello from the other side. <laughs> it was fucking weird. There's just nothing, right? So I'm listening for a few seconds and all I could hear was what sounded like the background chatter of a pub. 
people talking and stuff. I'm still giving it some, hello, hello. Then suddenly, out of nowhere, this gruffy voice answers back. It's like, hello. I'm thinking, is this the right fucking guy? So I'm just like, uh, hello, I'm Michael. And then he says nothing again. So just leave me bumbling on. I'm like, uh, I spoke to Michelle. She says uh, to contact you, you're selling a practice. And then thinking he's going to say something back that was at least half normal. All I get next is, ah, with a beautiful woman. <laughs> what the fuck do I do with that? So I'm just like, okay, shall I call another time? And then this is when he gives me his no frills instruction. He just goes, ah, meet at the practice Saturday, 11 o'clock. Bye. And the phone goes down. <laughs> <laughs> thinking, who the hell is this rogue? Like, I didn't even have the address. I was still holding the pen, just waiting to take it down. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, the next day, right, I had to email Miss Shah from the primary care trust to find out the actual address of the practice. I turned up, found it, and to be fair, the practice was in actually a pretty good location. It was on, like, the corner of a common. I can't say which one, <laughs> but the general details of it were. It was on the corner of the common, opposite a tube station, above a Tesco's. Like the way you enter it was through this side door and you can see like the three surgery windows above this shop. They were all like dirty and stuff and the door was all minging. Like it looked scruffy as anything from the outside, but the location was pretty good. Anyway, because I was early, I went off for a walk and then half an hour later, I came back and this is where I first meet Jack. So as I approached the door of the practice, there was this old guy now, he had a crutch He's like hobbled over like a ring of keys in his hand and he's trying to unlock it as I walked up to him. And I'm like, oh, hi, hello, I'm, uh, I'm Michael. I'm the guy that phoned you about the practice and just keep me off balance again. He came back with like a response, like something off Hansel and Gretel. He's like, I know. <laughs> and then he put his hand, I remember he put his hand right through his crutch handle, like really firm and just went, Jack. Like I was like, okay, Michael, how are you doing? It was fucking, this guy was like anything but normal. But to be fair, you know, for introductions, he was efficient with his words. Like the only level of efficiency I know that matches that is my mate's dad. And he, he, had, <laughs> he had some copper. And he phoned up this plumbing merchant that doesn't even specifically deal in copper. Imagine this, like this is the only conversation that went down on the phone. He just picked it up and the guy that owns the plumber's merchant is called Peter. And Peter doesn't know who's calling him. And this is exactly what my mate's dad said. He just went, Peter, copper, you want it? That's it. And you're like, imagine picking up that phone and you go, uh, yeah? I mean, we're not even a scrap metal merchants, but I guess so. Whoever the fuck this is. Jesus, that is efficient. <laughs> anyway, Jack leaves me inside. He goes, come in. So I came in the practice then. And he starts hobbling up these stairs and fuck me, man. These stairs were so rickety. You can see like the banister that he was clinging onto was just pulling out all the roll plugs out of the plaster and stuff. I thought, God, I hope this guy's okay getting up here. We finally arrive on the first floor now and it's in complete blackness because the corridor light had clicked off. He pips in the alarm. We go through like the darkness of reception and this is when I get the first glimmer of the practice man and fuck me, it was like a horror show man. He switched on this uh, fluorescent light and it wouldn't come on for ages so he's just going ting, 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 ting. So between the flight strobing and the complete blackness, he's <laughs> just looking around, he's like dish, dish, dish. I'm getting all these images of what the reception was really like and oh my God. So like they had all these wicker chairs around this waiting room, right? And Half of them, the asses had blown out through the bottom. And like above each chair, because the Pratts had been here since the 1920s. You see this sometimes in old hairdressers, right? It's like 
dirty stained head marks where people have been sat in the same place or going to the same place for so long. Each stain of the head was above each representing chair. It was fucking horrible. Even had like lower ceilings, those polystyrene ceiling tiles and like some leak had gone on and like two of the tiles had collapsed and just fucking dropped down covered in like brown stain. It looked like a toilet had broken through the flat above or something. I couldn't stop staring at it and Jack got me looking he's like, ah, don't mind that. It was just a leak. Gonna get sorted, right? But fuck it. It was the weirdest practice ever. Because like on the upper floors too, it, the actual practice itself was also sandwiched between these residential flats. Like actually between the actual flats. Like to get, for people to get into their own apartments, they had to walk partly through the dental practice. It was so fucked up. But everything was chaos. Like propping the door open by reception. They didn't have like a doorstop. They just had like a fucking random rusted nitrous oxide cylinder just leaning against it. Like anyone could kick it over. Like and even on the desk, they had like this old school defibrillator, like, <laughs> like a play school machine, but it was actually real. A fucking defibrillator just, just sat on the fucking desk. Like anyone could just pick it up, press the buttons. It was not like the new ones like you see now outside Sainsbury's. No man, this thing just looked fucking lethal. Like, oh my God. They even had a, a sofa there, a random sofa with bed sheets on it. And someone had been sat there so long, they had stains all over the bed sheets. It looked like a fucking student digs. You know, like proper smackhead, grungy student digs. Like, is this meant to be a dental practice? Or a fucking crack den? Jesus. Anyway, we get down to business now, right? Jack, like, finishes adjusting the blind. The light fit it stops tinkering on. And we sit down and it's serious business now because he looks at me dead in the eye. And he goes, so, he's trying to figure me out, right? He goes, so tell me, who do you work for? And this is like a big question in dentistry because in the area, everyone knows each other and this wasn't far from Clive's place. So it could go one of two ways. If he knew Clive and I said I worked there, he'd contact him for reference. Then immediately Clive would put me down and go, don't sell to him, he's a bastard. And I'd lose any chance of buying the practice. However, at the same time, Clive was quite well revered by other dentists. So if he barely knew him, but heard of him, which is like highly the chances, because Clive had like done speeches in like House of Parliament and all kinds of things, he might be impressed by the fact that I worked there. So it was time to roll my dice, man. So I thought, fuck it, I'll go with the truth. I went, oh yeah, I work for uh, Clive Hallam over in Bethnal Green. Right. Anyway, thinking he'd come back with something normal. You have these conversations where you just like catch yourself and go, wait a minute, what the fuck did you just say, right? This is how Jack responded. He went, ah, never heard of him. I shagged a nurse in Bethnal Green and she'd shaved her fanny. I went, what? <laughs> And then he carried on, he went, yeah, she'd shaved the fanny. And I said, what the fuck have you done to that? It looks like an elephant. And bearing in mind that it was still only 11 in the morning, a professional medical business meeting, he then goes, now, do you want a Stella? I was absolutely speechless. You're listening to the Hackett Racket with Michael Hackett. 